Each weekday, Learning Markets hosts an hour-long live webinar where we answer your questions, evaluate individual stocks, and discuss trading strategies. Scottrade customers can access those webinars or daily recordings of each event for free on the Knowledge Center tab on scottrade.com. We hope to see you there, and please tell us what you think. Well, John, we've made it to Wednesday, and we are almost coming up on the point of the year when the U.S. economy shuts down for March Madness. So we'll see how the stock market does over the next two days as the tournament gets underway. We'll see if traders are too busy watching their brackets to be selling off their stocks anymore, because that is what they have been doing over the past couple of days. We've seen some pretty good pullbacks on the major indexes. I wouldn't necessarily characterize this as a big turnaround, uh, but we have certainly hit some resistance and are seeing these major indexes pulling back just a little bit. The most notable turnaround uh, from my point of view was yesterday on the NASDAQ composite. We saw the index form a really strong bearish engulfing pattern. This is a candlestick pattern where you have one day that is a fairly small trading range and then the next day has a much larger trading range and the closing price is much lower than the opening price so that the big negative day completely engulfs the trading range of the previous positive day. And we had this on the NASDAQ composite. And the reason why this has been so compelling for me is technology stocks have been the ones leading the way higher in this most recent rally. We've seen the NASDAQ composite move up to 52 week highs, but we're starting to see a little bit of profit taking. However, the previous 52 week high that we saw in January that was right around 7,500 or so is holding as support, at least for the time being, for the NASDAQ composite. So we saw the NASDAQ break up through a key resistance level. It started to come back down and is now retesting that level to see if what once was resistance is now going to turn around and act as support. And if it does so, that could be a great sign for us that the stock market may have further to go. If these levels don't hold, then we may need to get a little more concerned about the potential of an actual pullback. But for the time being, in terms of technology stocks, we are seeing the NASDAQ doing pretty well. Although, again, as I mentioned, it has pulled back the past two days. Uh, the Russell 2000 is still doing pretty well. It's near its 52-week highs. It didn't quite break above. Uh, interestingly, the index that is under the most pressure right now is actually the Dow. The Dow had led the way higher during the run-up that we saw that kicked off after Labor Day of last year, and uh, we saw the Dow screaming higher as it crossed through 22,000, and then by the end of January of this year had crossed above 26,500, and now it's back down around 24,750, right in the middle of its consolidation range. But these large-cap stocks that had been these bellwethers of confidence on Wall Street aren't doing quite as well. And part of this comes from the movements that we have seen in interest rates, which are falling a little bit today. But I think a lot of the turnaround, especially on the NASDAQ that we saw yesterday, came as President Trump uh, came out against the proposed hostile takeover of Broadcom for Qualcomm. Uh, he cited national security reasons for not wanting this to go through and basically told Broadcom, which is headquartered in Singapore, to stop 
pursuing Qualcomm because it ain't going to happen. We're not going to let you buy this company. And so we saw Qualcomm stock drop quite a bit because it was no longer being hostily pursued by a company that was willing to pay quite a bit for its shares. Uh, Broadcom actually was able to rise a little bit because we saw this unwinding of the normal situation that we see with acquisition offers, where typically the acquirer, in this case it was Broadcom, will see their stock price drop a little bit because they're taking on more risk by offering to pay a premium for another company, and it tends to put some downside pressure on their stock, whereas the acquiree, or Qualcomm in this case, tends to see their stock rise higher. And so when that gets unwound, we typically see the opposite happening, and uh, that definitely did happen. And so as we saw Qualcomm dropping, that pulled tech stocks down. That started to push a lot of these other sectors down as well because tech stocks have been the ones leading the way higher. And when they started to lose some momentum, uh, the ripple effects were felt through the rest of the market yesterday. Now, that has continued today. We are getting some lower expectations coming in from the Atlanta Fed in terms of what it is expecting for GDP growth during Q1 of 2018. We are seeing lower and lower expectations coming in from these areas where we just haven't seen quite as strong of numbers in terms of inventory builds, uh, in terms of consumer spending, all these other measures that the Federal Reserves are watching to see whether or not we're getting strong economic growth. They just haven't been as strong. And so instead of thinking about 3% growth for Q1 here in 2018, we're back down somewhere below 2% right now. Uh, with the revised expectations. And so as we watch these expectations moving back and forth in the market, and we are seeing a little bit of selling and some profit taking today, I think it's important to remember that we haven't initiated any true bearish reversals yet. We've hit some resistance and have pulled back a bit with some profit taking, but we do still have an opportunity for this market to move higher. Yeah, it's interesting. The I think uh, there is a lot of uh, things on the positive side for the market, but there's uh... There's always going to be a little bit of uncertainty, and I suspect we're going through uh, or continuing going through a round of that right now. And it's not just uncertainty coming from the market itself or uh, GDP expectations, as you pointed out. But uh, and uh, usually I have to confess I am a little bit skeptical about how much short-term changes in government actually have an effect on the real economy. And obviously that there are some things that the government can do in the short term to uh, either boost or drag on the economy, but it, it's not very common. It's really hard to prove. But it, I, there's a, not an unreasonable argument to suggest that investors are, at least in the short term, probably going to be sensitive to, or sentiment anyway, it's going to be sensitive to changes that are happening in Washington. And th this week is a good week for that, actually. So as uh, most of you probably know, the Secretary of State has been replaced, so Rex Tillerson is on his way out, and Mike Pompeo, who was formerly the director of the CIA, is in. Now, he's, uh, I would say, much more aligned with President Trump on as far as protectionism goes, and in particular targeted at China. So we may see some investors hedging a little bit on that. There are two sectors that I would watch most closely for this. Sectors may be the wrong term, but uh, two classes that I might watch more closely for whether investors are, are pricing this in or not. Uh, the first one would be, of course, do we get any performance or lack thereof in Chinese shares? So we could monitor several different ETFs for this. The, the X-Trackers Harvest CSI 300 China ETF, it's a long name. The symbol is ASHR. The, it tracks 
Chinese shares listed in Shanghai. And it's not down all that much today. So it looks like investors are not too worried about that. And then I would also be watching pretty closely the agricultural stocks as well. So the, the reason for that is that if there is any kind of a reciprocal trade war between China and the US, if China wants to retaliate on anything that uh, the US might do above and beyond what they've already done, then one of the places that they could do that would be on agricultural exports from the US that are shipped to China. That's quite significant. So there are some uh, that could be interesting. Companies like Hormel, for example, or uh, even seed makers or companies making fertilizer and so forth could be uh, at some risk. Now, again, we're not really seeing a whole lot of movement there today. So it doesn't look like investors are overly concerned. We may be waiting for more detail, but I can see that as a source of some uncertainty here in the short term. Gary Cohen is also out, as we've discussed already on the podcast, as the chief economic advisor. And in his place is Larry Kudlow, who I'm sure many investors probably remember. If you don't watch CNBC regularly, you probably remember the uh, brand Kudlow and Kramer. So Jim Kramer's uh, uh, former basically counterpart on a TV show on CNBC. And, and he shows up on CNBC quite a bit. Uh, he's been around for a long time, worked in the Ford administration, the... <clears throat> Reagan administration, worked in the uh, Bush administration somewhat uh, tangentially, has been in uh, ba investment banking, worked for Bear Stearns and so forth, and actually worked for Arthur Laffer. So if you've ever heard of the Laffer curve, which is uh, a foundational concept behind supply-side economics, meaning that, that, in fact, the recent tax cut is a classic example of uh, application of the Laffer curve, where the idea is that there is a maximal point at which you can lower tax revenues, or lower the tax rate rather, and tax revenues will in fact rise because it'll stimulate economic growth. So it, this argument probably sounds familiar from the tax cut, the recent tax cut. So it's a it's a supply side idea. There's uh, there's not a lot of evidence for it. it it's one of these things where it, you can't prove a lot about it. Is it bad? Is it good? But uh, it, because we have a really hard time isolating all the confounding factors. So, but the Laffer Curve, he worked for the company that um, essentially the economic advisory firm that uh, Arthur Laffer uh, ran, and he is a, an ardent supply sider. So at this point, I can't see the uh, Congress, both the houses of Congress, uh, approaching another tax cut plan. But depending on what happens during the midterms, we may see another because having Larry Kudlow in there is uh, definitely going to be, there's just no way that um, he would uh, look askance, I think, at additional uh, tax cuts or that kind of fiscal stimulus. So uh, this that could be an interesting one. Now, will investors see that as a negative? I, I don't know for sure. I think that they probably won't. The, the question is, well, will this energize maybe opposition to those kinds of ideas? Investors seem to have really liked the tax cuts, at least in the short term. So if they were expecting maybe more of that to come, or if investors are, as they're waiting rather, for the new tax bill that passed to be interpreted. So we, we still don't actually know for sure how it's in fact going to be applied. It's just a broad brushstrokes right now. How broadly is it available to individual businesses and so forth? So uh, seeing, you know, this seems like a subtle change here with the chief economic advisor, but it may do a lot actually to uh, push that interpretation, if you will, of the tax bill as liberally as possible. So uh, on the net, it could wind up being a positive as long as it doesn't energize uh, a lot of the opposition to it. it. Either way, it seems to me that it introduces a little bit of uncertainty as investors try to figure out 
well, where's where is Kudlow on tariffs and protectionism and so forth? And what kind of an influence is he likely to have on fiscal policy and trade policy in general? Now, of course, we'll keep you up to date on this here in the podcast. And as usual, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at learningmarkets.com. And for those of you who've been joining us through iTunes, we really appreciate those positive reviews. Keep them coming.